Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Millennial Catholic. I'm your host, Andrew Miller, along with the old guy across the table, Father right. Scott. I am aging. Yes, you are aging. In the autumn of my life. So I have a question for yeah. you. Yes. Kind of random question. If someone came up to you and offered you a million dollars, no strings attached, would you take it? Sure. Okay. New question. Someone mm. came up to you, offered you a million dollars, but you wouldn't wake back up. Would you take it? No. Why? I wouldn't wake up again? No, you would never wake up again. Well, no, that, that means death. No, I don't want to do that. You don't want to die? I do, because I go to heaven, but I don't want to, I don't want to do it for a million bucks. I don't know, it just, it just strikes me as, and what's the point of the getting the money if you're not going to be able to use it? Well, you could give it to your friends, you could give it to your co-workers, your subordinates, me. Yeah, I'd rather <laughs> stay awake. Interesting. Yeah. Why would I want to go to sleep? So you can meet Jesus? But no, that's just sleep. I'm not dying. I mean, I I would assume that, you know, I, I heard this question from someone else, so I'd assume the basis of the question is that you would you would perish. You wouldn't no longer exist in the world. And you get a million dollars to do that? Sure. No, that's stupid. That's a bad deal. But you get to see Jesus. Is that really that bad of a deal? A million dollars and you get to see Jesus? Well, when you put it that way, let me think about this. Um... To so a million dollars to accelerate to to accelerate my life so that I die more swiftly to to increase to, to hasten my death I get a million dollars to hasten my death yes um I don't know why that requires money to be an I, it, I mean it's just one of those things right you know you you value waking up more than you value money correct which you know I would assume ninety nine point nine percent of our listeners would also do the same <gasps> thing. Cool. Maybe not Sitka because he just barked. Yes, he always likes to bark. He does. Just let him bark. Yeah, because it's hard to edit when he barks. I will just let him bark in the edit. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Oh, you want to be petted on your head? Oh, okay. Now you don't. No. (laughs) Um. So yeah. So uh, uh, where are you going with all this? I. It was just a question that I I had. Mm -hmm. Right. So we always talk. You know, you always talk about, or people always talk about. You know. The side hustle, getting more money, getting more money. Yet, it's all about, they always neglect the fact of taking care of yourself. You know, physically or emotionally, it's all about getting that extra money so that way you don't have to work for somebody else, you can work for yourself. If you're always doing a side hustle, you're always doing this, you're not sleeping. Mm -hmm. You're not... You know, you're not living for the next day. You're living for now. But yet, if you offer that question to people, they would want the next day. Mm-hmm. They don't want the now. Mm-hmm. So it's just this interesting thought that if if all you care about is a side hustle, so that way you don't have to work for anybody, why would you not take the million dollars then and just stay awake for as long as possible? Well, the million dollars isn't that important. I mean, I'd take it because, yeah, sure, and invest it in a diversified portfolio. Um, but I, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, the million dollars, it's just like, hey, here's a million dollars. Yeah, great. I'll take it. Thank you. What would you do with a million dollars? I would diversify it into a diversified portfolio. What would you buy first before you decide to diversify it in a diverse? There's really nothing I would want you to. You wouldn't want to, 
you know, do your entire backyard as you've been researching about. Yeah, maybe. Buy a new car. That requires labor. Uh, no, I don't want a new car. I love my Honda Accord. It's the most beautiful car in the world. Um, could make a choir loft to please my music director, perhaps. Um, uh, but I Expand don't... the church, perhaps? I don't know. That's a lot of work. Um, I see. You really, are a lazy priest. We have a lot of money. In my parish, we have a lot of money in savings. Technically, we have a million dollars in savings. So it's actually kind of amusing. I know, uh, yeah, right? It's like I could spend just money. Come here. Um, but, but I don't have anything to... Uh, it's, it's actually kind of funny. In our parish, the problem isn't money. The problem is uh, ret- retention and growth of people. And it's, it's actually in the church, it's very interesting to me. I'm finding my, my pro- money doesn't solve my problems. Um, I don't solve your problems either, but you come to me a lot with I your do. problems. Uh, Not, but, I, I can solve some of your problems. This is true. But, but my, most of my problems are actually how do I get people to uh, grow in their relationship with God? And that has very little to do with money. There's very little to do with money. So so that's, uh, that's just the way he is. So, Yeah. No, Jesus didn't need a lot of money. Um, time is far more precious. Like, I really don't know what I would do with a million bucks, personally. Uh, I would just save it until Jesus told me what to do with it. Because I got to figure out what he would want me to do with it. Give it to me. Give, my, <laughs> give all your money to Andrew. Andrew wants your money. For some reason, God sounds like a Count of Chocula. <laughs> he yes. does. No, no, like the Count. One, ah, ah, ah. Two. So, ah, 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 ah. That'd be fun. So it is interesting. You know, sometimes parishioners will say, Father, we want to know more about what's going on with the money in the parish. And da, 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 da. I'm like, why? Why do you care? Well, I mean, I care about what the money in the diocese is doing. Well, fair. Uh, I, well, and that's true. I guess so that I'm, we're not malfeasance. But it's like, yeah, we just got a ton of money in the bank. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't appreciate it if you were paying off a sexual predator with the money that the church give, you know, that we give to the church. I suppose that would be frowned upon. You know, so I, I guess if, if time is everything. That's not everything. Well, not everything, right? But like if time is more important than money. God is more important than time. But isn't God time? No. No? No. God is not time. What is time then? Well, time and space are linked. Right? Are they? Yeah, the space-time continuum. Yeah, Star Trek. But I mean, isn't time just a man-made thing? Doesn't God determine that what time should be? But like we have... Well, time, we use, we use time as like a measurement. Right. But creation is a temporal reality. Like it, it has a beginning. So anything that has a beginning and an end can be measured by time. But I mean, again, time is just, why is it that there are 24 hours in a day and not 36 hours in a day? It has to do with the rotation uh, of the earth. I mean, we can talk about all these little things, mm-hmm. right? But Time, time is, I had my uh, Demathic kids when I was first teaching, have an, my first question, essay I had them write, was, uh, what is time? Answer the question. And it was fun. And they were all over the place. Some guy was smart enough to look it up. And he says, according to physics, time is a measurement of change. And I go, that's good. So in a universe where change occurs, 
uh, that is a, a sign that there is time in the universe. Time is actually a very complicated concept, just kind of in general. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can warp time. Right. But if God is beyond time. He is. Then, it's funny, I'm going to be preaching about this this weekend, about what heaven is. Right. Um, but but yeah, God is eternal. God has no beginning and no end. So here's So here's the question then, right? So I go to a cemetery. Yes. And I pick a gravestone and I say a uh, a rosary or a Hail Mary for mm-hmm. that specific person. Mm-hmm. In, in, in time, they have died. Mm-hmm. So how does me praying for them now help them from when they died? They're still alive. Explain. If they're dead. Because they exist. They, they, they never cease existing. They just, their body and their soul are no longer unified. So their soul is now separated from their body. And their soul is um, still in existence. And so you can pray for that person if they're in purgatory or in heaven. So here, but okay, the, the, the prayer is, you know, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Yeah, to Our Lady. Yes. yes. If, you know, we're asking for the intercessions of Mary at the hour of our death. But if I'm saying that specific intercession when the person is already dead, how can that apply to the hour of their death? I see what you're saying. So you, what, you're, what you're doing is when you're like you're saying a rosary for someone who's died. Yes. Um, those sayings of those Hail Marys are really just imploring Mary's help. And the words you are using don't really, um, that's going to sound a little crazy, but then it's, it's not the, the, your intention is to offer up the rosary, these collection of prayers for the person. Mm-hmm. So it's like a sacrificial offering for the deceased that their soul may be committed from purgatory to heaven. So it's not really like God's not taking that prayer. Right. And saying, okay, this person in this world died this no, day. No. So we're just going to lump all those prayers there. No, no. It's not like you're trying to go back in time or anything. It's What it really is, is you're just praying for the person who's currently in purgatory. The other question is then judgment, mm. right? Mm-hmm. We die. Our soul gets separated from our body. Our body goes into the ground and mm-hmm. will eventually shoot up like a rocket and be re and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just being weird now. Sure. You know, and our soul goes where soul go, where the, our soul goes. Is that to the gates? And Peter says, ah, you need a little brushing up. Sure. Or, hey, hello, welcome. Come on in. Or does he kick you to the curb and sends you down the stairs? Mm-hmm. How? I. I it's weird because we're talking about time when heaven essentially has no time. It kind of does. Not in the earthly sense, though. Correct. Space is the more interesting uh, thing to focus on. I'm going to be preaching about this this weekend, if I may. Yes. Switch from time to space since the two are linked. Please go. Yes. So uh, when you say you're in a place, you would yes. say, like, where are you? 
I am currently sitting at our kitchen table. Okay. You could have also said I am in Bowie. You could have also said I am in Maryland. You could also say I'm in the United States. I am on Earth. If you were Jesus, yes. how would you respond to that question? According to Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 11. I'm sorry, say that. <laughs> Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 11. Da, 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 da. This is good. See how this technology works to help us? Yes. Uh, yes the ring will show us the way. Um, American ring. This is fun that you're looking up at home. Da, 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 da. So John chapter 11. Chapter 14, verse 11. Would you like me to quote it? No, it's fine. Okay. My finger's just... 1411, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works themselves. So, Jesus, where are you? In the Father. And the Father is in you. So, place is, this is interesting. When you, if you were to ask Jesus, Jesus, where are you? I am in the Father. And the Father is in you. So, so love. But you are the Father. No, you're not. Oh, the parish. That's true. Interesting. But, but um, location, uh, so, so where is Jesus? He is in the Father. Now, is he in the Holy Land when he's saying this? That's true. But he's also in the Father. Mm-hmm. And um, being a heaven is more about being in a relationship than being in a place. And so there's a strangeness here that... And you know this as a married man. Yes. Uh, when you are with the person that you love. Yes. Uh, 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 heaven becomes everywhere for you. Um, yes. Because love has a tendency to do that, which is remarkable. Um, so love has a way of changing the way we, uh, we comprehend where we are. So if you were to say to a person in heaven, where are you? They would say, well, I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. I'm in my Father's house. Uh, it would be, it's, a, it's a change because you're, you're, where you are is primarily determined by your relationship, not by physical space in heaven. Now, in time, mm-hmm. this also has that effect, I would say. So um, uh, what time is it in heaven? They would say, I'm trying to think of how we would say this. Well, let's, let's, I, I'm at the edge of my thinking here on this one. The space thing, I'm, I'm just going to be preaching about this, and I think I am on firmer ground. But what you would say, uh, when you get to heaven, uh, let's say you asked Jesus, Jesus, what time is it? What would he say? The time is neither here nor there. Uh, that could be deep. Um, but I'm trying, oh. I'm trying to think what he would say, what time is it? Um, I wonder what that answer would be. That's a because no one. No I know what he the... would say. It is day. The first day. Because he never. Because there's, there's never on night. The seventh day. Well, he created he created light on the first day. Then you needed light to have day. Right. So there is... And then he separated the, the day from, from the night. night. Or the the light from the dark and called one day and the other night. But... In heaven, it is always 
day. Is that because on the seventh day he rested and there was no night? No, the the first day of creation is the creation of heaven. Because there was the God God gave them light. And we see this in uh, Revelation where it says, God is God we say light from light, true God from true God. But 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 the light the, the light that illuminates heaven is God Himself. So when you die and you go towards the light, uh, you're actually going towards um, heaven. God and God, who the illuminates Father. heaven with His presence. So that's, I mean, so we know that Jesus has a physical form, correct? So then, is if the light is God? Is that what the transfiguration was then? His luminous body? Yes. Yes. Good. I see other things. Yeah, that was good. No, he's radiating. He's ra- this, this is why I think when he resurrected, he, Im- he radiates his impression on the Shroud of Turin um, as a photo negative of his, his body. Uh, so so this, this idea of light is very interesting. And when we say that in the creed, we say light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. We're not talking about the light from the sun or any of the stars in the sky. We are talking about the eternal light, which is, which is what God has made. Except not made, because it's uncreated. It gets very complicated. But there's, there's like this eternal luminosity within God. In heaven. So, so you would say, what time is it in heaven? Jesus would say, it is day. You also have kind of a morning and evening as well. Yes. Evening came, morning followed the first day. Yes. So there is a kind of time there, but it's always day in heaven. But, it's, but yeah. there, there's, there, is, there, there does seem to be some possibility for change in heaven. Um, Explain. Because new souls enter into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Purified souls. Correct. So, so there's, there's new things entering into the heaven sphere. We have the biosphere. We might call this the heaven sphere. Right. So new souls entering into the, the heavenly realm. Um, so there is, there is some change. Uh, St. Augustine will say the morning and evening described in the first day is actually uh, angelic knowledge. That for an angel... They are, the morning knowledge is knowledge of the word. Um, but the evening knowledge the, is the, the uh, so like God said, let there be light. And like, yes. The angel's are like, okay, just describe something called light. And then there, there's a maturation in their knowledge of what light is, a deepening of their knowledge, a fulfilling of their knowledge over from morning to evening. So... And I, I made a little video about this on YouTube where I say time in our universe as temporal beings in our visible universe is like mm-hmm. a ruler, kind of, it kind of moves linearly. It has a beginning and then it progresses time in, and then eventually the universe comes to an end. Right. Time in heaven is not so much linear as it is. It has a beginning, but heaven has no end. Uh, time in heaven uh, at least as experienced by the angelic beings, I would argue, is like filling up a beaker. So there's an emptiness 
And then the change occurs by a fullness. I think you see this in the scripture when they say, you know, in the fullness of time, uh, God became man. And so there's something about the fullness of time that there's a, there's a, uh, it, it, it goes from being empty, because uh, we never would say that time is empty. And, yes, and yet we would. We would say, well, that was kind of a waste of time. There can be right. an emptiness in time. So what fills up time? I would think it's love. Because when you're with somebody you love. Or knowledge. Uh, you feel, you feel a fullness. Factory. Yeah, yeah. You don't feel as hungry. Right. When, there's, when there's a real love there, you're like, this is fulfilling my time. This conversation right now yes. is feeling full. Yes. You know, it does not feel shallow. So no. we use these kinds of words as shallow, full, empty. Uh, to describe, I think... Uh, wishy-washy. It, uh, wishy-washy, right? So we, we would use these kinds of words uh, like regarding full and emptiness when we're describing, I think, um, whether or not we're in God or we're not, whether we're in the Father or outside the Father. And the only waste of time is really trying to live outside of the Father. 